soulmates. Thanks so much for joining us as we move through this Friday, another weekend on tap. Mm -hmm. We're excited about that. Sure we also am. have plenty to discuss. I want to welcome you to Fox Soul's Black Report. I'm Courtney Hicks. And I'm Nicole Corte. We are honored to sit behind this desk each day to take you on a journey across Black America and the stories that impact our people our news, our views, and our voice. So let's get into our top conversation today. A Lubbock, Texas, yes, that's a real place, jury has sentenced 36-year-old Larry Person, or Pearson rather, to 70 years in prison after he was found guilty of two counts of harassing public servants by spitting at police officers. Now, the prosecutor argued that Person's, or Pearson's, uh, criminal history, which includes aggravated robbery and domestic violence, warranted a lengthy sentence to send a message to society Pearson was arrested for domestic violence. That was back in May of 22. And during his arrest, he kicked doors and spat at officers. Now, despite the defense's argument that it was a minor offense, the jury uh, severely sentenced Pearson due to his criminal history. Now, Courtney, at first when I read the story, mm -hmm. I thought, wow, 70 years for that? Mm -hmm. uh, but then as I kept reading, a little know, deep. I, I saw that he had a history he of does. domestic violence. Mm -hmm. um, and because of that, uh, the minimum would have been 25 years. Right. And so you quickly see how he got up to 70 years based mm -hmm. upon uh, his conduct. And, you know, just, just what a shame. I mean, you know, it's an example of how sometimes, you know, you're bad choices, bad choice after bad choices, yeah. you know, uh, really uh, lead you to a situation like this. Yeah, and nowadays with all that is going on, you know, we're somewhat post-COVID and, you know, all of these uh, things, the diseases and things of that nature that we're dealing with, you spitting on somebody mm -hmm. will get you in trouble. That is considered like, I uh, have it here, battery charge or even criminal assault. So you might want to think twice. And even if you involuntarily spit on someone, you can be brought up for some sort of, uh, you know, charge in regards to just it landing on somebody. So, you know, this was a serious charge that unfortunately kind of uh, sealed the deal for him and his fate, so. Well, yeah, terrible, yeah. terrible. Mm -hmm. Well, Minneapolis will pay $8.9 million to settle lawsuits from John Pope Jr. and Zoya Code. They claim that Derek Chauvin used excessive force and racism while arresting them in 2017, the same technique he used to murder George Floyd. Pope will receive seven and a half million dollars and code will receive 1.375 million dollars. Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry apologized to all of Chauvin's victims, stating that if police supervisors had done their job, George Floyd will still be alive. Both Pope and Code named Chauvin and other officers in their lawsuit and highlighted the city's knowledge of Chauvin's misconduct. Minneapolis Police Chief Brian O'Hara also criticized the department's failure to address Chauvin's behavior. All right, so let's go to Indianapolis where a couple of police officers there, Adam Ahmad and Stephen Sanchez, have been indicted by a grand jury for their alleged roles in the death of a 39-year-old black man by the name of Herman Whitfield III, who died in custody. This was back in 2022. Whitfield died after being tasered and restrained during a medical health episode. The officer remain on paid administrative duty while Whitfield's family has now uh, started suing the city and six other officers for excessive force. Officers claim they attempted to negotiate with Whitfield before he approached them. And another situation, the quarter line, where we have to really continue to wait for the dust to settle and the facts to, uh, to come out. But, you know, from reading a little further into it, it does appear, unfortunately, to begin uh, again to sound more like excessive force. 
lives. Yeah, and it's yeah. also another example of you know, why officers should not be first responders when it comes mm. to people having severe health mental health events. Um, you know, he was only 39 yeah. years old when this happened. And according to the Indianapolis Star, you know, uh, he was handcuffed, naked, mm -hmm. and face down on the ground, right? And so where is that in the training for police officers mm -hmm. in terms of how to treat somebody who's having a severe mental health crisis? And so this is not just a story happening in Indianapolis, this is a story happening across the country where people are calling for uh, police mm -hmm. uh, to not be the first responders when it comes to people facing severe mental health challenges. Sure. Deja Taylor, the mother of a six-year-old boy who shot an elementary school teacher in Newport News in January, was indicted by a Virginia grand jury for felony child neglect and a firearms charge. The teacher, Abigail's Warner, was wounded by the first grade student in her classroom at uh, Richneck Elementary School after school officials received warnings that the boy had a gun. The indictments are the latest example of prosecutors charging parents of children who commit gun crimes or mass shootings. Zawarner filed a $40 million lawsuit against school administrators last week, alleging that they ignored warnings from staff and pupils that the boy had a gun. Yeah, so this isn't, you know, something that is, has gone, you know, unknown, if you will. There was an incident here, a school shooting here in the Detroit area in mm -hmm. Oxford, Michigan, to be exact. Uh, and those parents are being charged uh, as well with, uh, you know, being negligent, uh, allowing for their son to uh, have access uh, to guns and just real bad parenting. So this is something that I don't want to say is, is trending, but, you know, when you have young people who obviously have not been steered in, in the right direction, or in a wrong direction. What is a first grader like it's six or seven years mm -hmm. old? Someone has to be held accountable. And so in this case, it is, is going to be this parent. Yeah, and, this, and it went to a grand jury, mm -hmm. right? And the mm -hmm. grand jury deliberated. They looked at the evidence and, and this is what they came up with. But, you know, my goodness, the fact that it was a loaded gun, yeah. a loaded gun in the house that a six-year-old got, got a hold of, mm -hmm. transported that from home to school, mm -hmm. you know, and shoots his teacher, it is a miracle, you know, that more folks were not armed mm -hmm. um, and that his teacher lived. Yeah, and there was a lot of conversation uh, about this not being this child's first offense with concern mm -hmm. uh, with him having a weapon or, or a weapon being talked about uh, in his possession. So uh, it's just an unfortunate set of circumstances and, you know, I feel that these charges might be might be justified. Yeah, yeah. and it's another example of this, you know, this epidemic of gun violence. That's right, you know? that's right. This is just another form that it's taken. Let's go to Louisiana where the Attorney General Jeff Land Andrew, a Republican gubernatorial candidate, is pushing a bill to make certain confidential juvenile court records public in three predominantly black parishes. The proposed legislation has faced opposition from advocates for incarcerated youth who argue that it is racist and would have harmful generational effects on juvenile delinquents. They fear that making these records public would defeat the purpose of rehabilitation into the community and put opportunities for education, employment and housing at risk. The bill would also make adult criminal court records and some juvenile court proceedings public and online. Football trainer Mark Taylor from Georgia is facing backlash for making racist remarks about Atlanta, referring to it as a N-word town, and he used the hard R, amongst other racist things. Take a look. All that's up here. That's all that's up here, man. And stuff is just crap. Yeah. 
Yeah, you and Borf need to come up here and go hunting. Yeah. That stuff, man. Ain't none here, dog. Ain't nothing but blacks up here. That's all it is. Atlanta's done gone down, man. Just gone. Bro, look at this trying to pull out in front of me right here. Look at this trying to pull out in front of me right here. Hey, did you see did you see that that tree right there? Yeah. Did you see that tree right there? Row will hang you from that tree. Got the Glock by the bed. Yeah, here we go. Room service. Y'all need y'all to bring me some chicken wings, two hoes, a red bone and a white girl. Taylor is the founder of the sports training program Speed Edge Sports in Macon, mm -hmm. Georgia, and regularly shares photos and videos of himself training young black students, if you can believe that, young mm -hmm. black student athletes on social media, that is. Many of his students have gone on to play Division I football and beyond. I am shaking my head, Courtney. This is um, infuriating. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, you know, this is just some of what he said. Mm-hmm. This is just some of what he said. And it's only really the tip of the iceberg. I was listening in to a parent who complained some time ago about this particular uh, coach who's also uh, a teacher, I do believe. And in the classroom, he referred to her daughter as a red bow. Mm -hmm. uh, she went up to the school, demanded that he come out of class, meet her in the principal's office, and she you know, had a few choice words and schooled him on what red bone meant, and he did apologize. And then for you know, some fast forward to this occasion where he's, you know, clearly using this derogatory term, knowing, you know, what it means and knowing why he used it um, is just a, a slap in the face to the parents who've been complaining and hopefully the parents who, who are still sending their children uh, to utilize his services. Hopefully, you know, they, they nick that in the bud and find uh, other uh, avenues yeah. to train their young people and really, really investigate as mm -hmm. to who these coaches yeah. and what they're all about and, and what they stand for. And part of what is so insidious about this. Coaching is crucial. You know, this guy's coaching black folks. Mm -hmm. he, his clients are mostly black folks who are going on to play Division One ball. And so it's okay, mm -hmm. you know, for him to make a buck off of us. Mm -hmm. You know, it's okay to, to coach us. It's okay when he's engaging with us mm -hmm. for sports or entertainment, but it's not okay to give us our dignity. Mm -hmm. It's not okay to respect, it, it, it's, it's not mm -hmm. uh, okay to respect us. I mean, you know, this is really disturbing. Yeah. This is a part of how racism works. And if you will be this way, how stupid are you to make a video for us to really see what you're really all about? You would think he'd continue to mask and play the game, uh, you know, to, to continue with his career, but how stupid were you to think that this wouldn't get out and that people wouldn't see the real you? I mean, we live and die, uh, fortunately, by social media. And for you to put this out there and not think it would have uh, repercussions, or maybe he was just fed up and wanted to put out who he really was, well, you know? Well, I hope that this story, sharing this story with our soulmates, I hope it unmasks mm -hmm. who he really is. It unmasks his heart. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I hope all of the, the black you know, athletes, student athletes that have been uh, frequenting his business. Mm -hmm. I hope that they're, they're watching this and everybody gets to decide how they're gonna govern themselves mm -hmm. and how we're gonna respond. 
Agreed. All right, a Haitian-American couple from South Florida, you may remember this story. They were kidnapped and held hostage in Haiti for nearly a month. They have now been released. This is according to relatives. Jean Dickens and Abigail Toussaint were kidnapped in March in, uh, in a porter in Port-au-Prince while en route to visit a relative. Uh, reports say the kidnappers demanded a ransom of $200,000 per person with an initial payment of $6,000 that uh, family members had already made. Now, it is unclear whether any further payment was made uh, in regards to their release. Kidnappings have spiked 173% in Haiti just this year alone. That's according to the Port-au-Prince-based Center for Analysis and Research in Human Rights. Conservative commentator Candace Owens is facing backlash after tweeting that women who call singer Lizzo beautiful are insane. Owens shared a post featuring a nude photo of Lizzo that questioned why obesity was being normalized and captioned her tweet about women being manipulated through their support of trans men and fat acceptance. This prompted fans to rush to Lizzo's defense with many calling Owens out for suggesting obese people can't be beautiful and pushing her narrative on others. Despite Owens' criticism, Lizzo has dedicated her career and platform to promoting empowerment and inspiring women to accept and love their bodies. Here she goes. Are we really about to talk about Candace? There she goes again. Are we really about to talk about Candace? Uh, I mean, does she just wake up on the wrong side of the bed every single day? I don't know. Or is this just her way to continue to stay relevant? You know, I, I'm, I'm not so sure. Listen, we, we come in all shape, shapes and, and, and sizes and, and being, you know, a sister who's been more on the heavier, fluffier side than, than any other side. You know, there are times when, you know, it's it, it has been unhealthy. And mm -hmm. I've had to say, you know what, Courtney, let, let's tighten up here. And there are times with, with my little uh, pandemic weight, where I might be fluffier, but I just have my physical. I am very healthy mm -hmm. and 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 good to go. So you know, everybody is different. Everybody's body is different. And for uh, Candace here to just you know kind of kind of lay that on top of, of of obesity or or people who might be a little bigger than the norm, and we all know that we have never fit into the norm. Never will I be a hundred and and uh, I think it's twenty five pounds according to my height, which is what I'm supposed mm -hmm. to be. But but then again, by whose standard? Well, and, and speaking of whose standards, I mean, it seems to me that Candace Owen is subscribing to a very Eurocentric that's my standard of beauty, right? Yeah, that's and, my whole point. and so, you know, I think she may have a very distorted view of, mm -hmm. you know, again, the variety that exists, how you can be, you know, healthy in mind, body, and spirit, that's right. you know, and not subscribe to a Eurocentric standard of beauty. And so, you know, hopefully Candace gets a new bed. She don't know the magic of them thighs. Ho hopefully she how gets they a, save lives, the thick ones. That's right. Hopefully she gets a new bed because <laughs> she has a tendency to wake up on the wrong side of the bed and be on the wrong Oh, of a lot of issues. Oh, Candace. All right, coming up, a black mother is saying enough is enough, and she's filing a lawsuit against her child's school. That's right. We'll tell you the reason behind the suit when we return. You're watching Fox Soul's Black Report.
welcome back to Foxhole's Black Report. Well, this week, the Supreme Court refused to stop a settlement that would erase more than $6 billion in student loan debt. So this is, a, uh, this is separate from the pending ruling from the Supreme Court on President Biden's plan to cancel $430 billion in loan debt. The 151 schools included in this current ruling are accused of misleading students about the level of the school's academics and promises regarding possible job prospects. That's right. The Education Department will now automatically cancel the debt of nearly 200,000 borrowers who attended 151 schools. There is new research from the Pew Center revealing more black women avoid conversations about pay raises compared to their male co-workers. The report details that 42% of women were more likely to say they were uncomfortable for asking for higher wages. The center also found that these women who did not ask for higher pay were only given the company's initial offer. The Pew Research Center also says that pay gaps widened for black women as they advance in their careers. Black women looking to have children via a sperm donor are sharing their struggles, saying it's hard to find compatibility. Fox News' Alan Lewis details their story. Take a look. Forced, so I didn't have children in my marriage, but I didn't want to give up on having family. Why should I? And faced with those odds, Tracy Holland never gave up her desire to become a mother. She eventually decided to reach out to New Hope Fertility Clinic and the cryobank to find a black sperm donor to give her the family she longed for. African-American, of course, I want to keep with my heritage. I'm proud of who I am. And not even that, I want to keep within the scope of what my family looks like. You know? But Tracy was in for an awakening. The availability of black sperm was slim to nil. At four options, that's not saying much in a 10 year span. Uh, it's just hard to get. They just aren't out there giving sperm. Dr. Michael Thomas is president of the American Society for Reproductive Medicine. Analysis published by the Washington Post in October of 2022 found that black men account for less than 2% of sperm donors at cryobanks nationwide. Research on the shortage found a common denominator to be generational medicinal mistrust within the black community, particularly among men. The thought process is that African-Americans don't want to go to the doctor, don't want to participate in trials, don't want to donate anything uh, unless they absolutely have to, unless there's a family member involved. I, I think it, it, it just goes to that. And that's why you see the numbers so low for African-American sperm donors, even though there's a great need. Thomas's team at ASRM has created a task force to recruit African-American men to become sperm donors. Because what happens is that people who do want African-American sperm may have to settle for dark-complected uh, a person of another race when that's not what they had thought about when they tried to put together their image of what their family should look like. And cryobanks across the country are also stepping up outreach efforts to attract donors of color. Scott Brown is vice president of Strategic Alliances for California Cryobank, one of the leading sperm banks in the world. We've reached out to fraternities to have their members potentially apply and join our program. We've planted ourselves in cities that have higher populations of African-Americans. But Brown admits one of the toughest tasks for any sperm bank is being asked if there's any black sperm and having to say no. 
We have international demand around the world because most sperm banks around the world have no African-American donors. And so we try not to turn people away. We certainly have a couple of donors and we always have more donors becoming available, but we certainly are not meeting the demand either domestically or worldwide. As for Tracy, her 10-year journey to have the family that she wanted came to fruition last July when she delivered a healthy and beautiful six-pound little girl. When the time is right, she'll explain to her daughter how she came to be. But for now, Tracy is just looking forward to May and Mother's Day, which will finally be a dream come true. Kind of have a party, a, a big dinner. This time I'll be able to sit at the table and instead of me treating my sister, treating my mother to dinner, now someone gets to treat me. Antoine Lewis, Fox News. All right, let's go to New York now where a black mother is filing a discrimination claim against her child's white teacher for comments regarding her hair. Now, according to the complaint, 17-year-old attending a Long Island area high school claims a comment was made about her hair from the teacher saying that black teen that the black teen's hair is quote ethnic compared to hers which was described as quote American and normal. Now, the comments were made during a lesson about hair texture in cosmetology class. Uh, this was back in the fall of 2022. The school district has since released a statement saying they were never formally made aware of the complaint, but heard about it through media inquiries, inquiries and uh, is now reviewing this alleged claim. Now, Courtney, you know, this is really one of the first tests of the Crown Act. Remember, the Crown Act has been passing state by state across the country, mm -hmm. uh, and it essentially bans discrimination based upon hair, hair mm -hmm. texture, mm -hmm. all of that. And so that's the basis by which this lawsuit's being filed. Yeah, it's, it really feeds into this very wrong, sick, sad narrative that there happens to be something wrong with our hair because it's it's curly or it's coarse. Well, actually, that's a sign of it being very strong and, and being able to endure. And it's also a sign from, you know, wh where we come from in the, in the motherland and the, and the heat and the atmosphere and how strong, you know, our hair had to be and how, how, how dark uh, our skin needed to be just to, you know, survive in, in that in, in environment. And so just how things are just so misconstrued nowadays and how everything has become so American pie and that you don't delve and this is an educator that you're not delving deep enough to understand why our hair is the way it is why our skin is the way it is and just to assign it to this uh, false American narrative mm -hmm. is just what is disturbing to yeah, me. Yeah and, and to make this this kid feel less than. Right. I mean the kid was in class and because and the texture and, of her hair and you know the teacher is talking about you know normal hair referring to her own mm -hmm. you know versus hair that's you know not normal referring yeah. to uh you know the the hair texture of the kid you know i mean it, we don't want to send our kids to school you know to feel bad about themselves we mm -hmm. want people to learn we want people to ask questions we want people to apply critical thinking you know, but we don't want folks to, to go to school and, and be made to feel less than. But I had to catch myself being of a certain generation, 50 plus, you know, for a very long time, there were only white dolls mm -hmm. that had that type of hair. And so, you know, it, it, it's not too far fetched for one to think that that might be better or the only way your hair, you know, could or should be or is acceptable. So, you know, it's taken a lot to to unpack that and realize that, you know, what I come with is is good. That's right. And it looks and good. Enough, and, and it, it looks, looks good. good. And 
you are Even enough. when I go pay for it. <laughs> Up next, <laughs> T.D. Jakes is doing his part to usher in a new generation of business owners. All right, Bishop. See uh, what he is doing to increase black entrepreneurs. That story and more when we return. You are watching Fox Soul's Black Report. I like that, Jack. I like, I like that, too. Alright, soulmates, welcome back to Fox Souls Black Report. The social impact holding company, TD Jakes Enterprises, has announced its launch of a national initiative called the Good Soil Movement. Mm. Now, the initiative will serve as a platform and clearinghouse for business leaders, influencers, and would-be entrepreneurs to inspire and proliferate. Uh, opportunities for black and small businesses in diverse communities. Now on May 3rd in Orlando, a Good Soil event is uh, gonna be held to support business owners along with year-round uh, scheduled events live and virtual uh, to provide tools, resources, uh, and also thought uh, to leaders. That's right, that's right. Within the next decade, Good Soil seeks to launch and nurture a million diverse entrepreneurs, music to our ears. We love celebrating our black small businesses. We love celebrating our black entrepreneurs, and mm -hmm. clearly so does Bishop T.D. Jakes. Um, what I love so much about this summit mm -hmm. is that they say it's about taking action to impact, growing and scaling minority-owned businesses. And, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, okay, guys, you know, you know we need to, you know, have, make sure you have, you know, your side business, your mm -hmm. side hustle, right? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. but this is about going beyond having a side hustle mm -hmm. and a side business and giving people the tools to be able to scale. And, you know, uh, look at what, Bishop T.D. Jakes has done, you know, uh, with his ministry, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, it's now, you know, T.D. Jakes Enterprises. I mean, mm -hmm. he has his hand in so many different things. And so if the bishop can do it, and, and, and then any of us can do it. Yeah. Well, you know, listen, bishop is always going to be bishoping. And, and what I love about the ministry, it stretches far beyond uh, the walls of the church. Uh, they are, I've been following them for a while, and mm -hmm. I love the, love the messages, but in regards to you know, the, uh, the, the uh, activities outside of the church, law withstanding, uh, you know, a track record of interest in, in business, uh, creating generational wealth. You'll often hear him talk about, you know, helping those who have just been released uh, from prison and are on a new path and, you know, initiating them back into mm -hmm. society and the tools that they need. So this is, this is indicative to what the message uh, and the movement uh, there at the Potter's House has always been. So uh, I'm sure this isn't, you know, the last of, of what you're gonna hear coming from, from out, out of the bishop's uh, yeah. pulpit. He is just one of those ones who is just down for that type of a cause yeah. as he is living proof of it. Yeah, and yeah. speaking of living proof, I mean, he comes from really humble beginnings. If you ever have a chance to mm -hmm. check it out, check out the story of Bishop T.D. Jakes and his wife. Yeah. Uh, uh, when you consider that and what they're doing. First Lady Sarita. It's amazing work. Yeah. All right, an 80-year-old segregation wall is finally coming down this is in Baltimore. So white Baltimore residents banded together. This was back in the late 1930s to erect the wall in response to the growing number of black people in the area attending HBCU Morgan State. Now on Tuesday, University President David Wilson, school officials and residents watched as a segregation barrier came down. 80 years. I mean, this is this is so 80 years. This is important stuff. This is mm -hmm. this is an important 
important history lesson. This is why it's important for us to know mm -hmm. our history because Baltimore was one of the leading cities to enact these covenants that restricted where black people could live, right? Mm -hmm. And that wasn't that long ago. I mean, we're talking about, you know, our grandparents' generation. Mm -hmm. We are not that far removed. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, what an important symbolic um, act to knock down that wall. It was important when we knocked down that Berlin Wall. It's just as important to knock down that wall here at home. Yeah, and that's why, you know, the conversation, you know, continues to happen as far as, you know, racism and the effects of racism and our civil rights and protecting that. It's because these events are not that long ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could go back again to, to, to our parents. Even even some of us, you know, are coming on the tail end. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm Generation X, which is, you know, going to be right after the baby boomers. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, with, with civil rights uh, movement folks being my parents, if you will, you know, you feel the effects. And that's not that far back to mm -hmm. go one generation back. And these are the type of things that were happening. And so that is why, you know, the, the conversation, you know, about our civil rights and pressing through is still on the docket. It's because it's still happening and it hasn't, what has happened didn't happen that long ago. That's right. So we're going to continue to talk about it. And we ain't going back, <laughs> by the way. We ain't going to do it. Uh, moving along, Geraldine Gimblet of Lakeland, Florida, has won a life-changing $2 million wow. top prize from the uh, $2 million bonus cash word scratch-off game. Mm. She insisted that a clerk at Pipkin Road Beverage Castle dig a little deeper for one more lottery ticket. Before the big win, Gimblet took a major hit to her finances after clearing out her savings for her daughter's cancer treatment. Wow. Wow. Now, what do you often say here? What do I say? That your giving is... Oh, your getting is in your giving. That's right. And yeah. She, and, she gave, and she gave, you know, uh, the gift of life to her daughter by, mm -hmm. you know, being able to finance those cancer mm -hmm. treatments. And I just mm -hmm. love stories like this where really great things happen um, to people that are doing some good in the world. Yeah, and, and for me, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's just luck, it's just luck. But the way for me you determine is that they're wiping that savings account being wiped out. There mm -hmm. was a need there. And sure, it might have took a little luck to win, but I think for me in the heavenlies, the fact that this win spoke directly to a need mm -hmm. uh, carries it beyond it just being luck. I think something was orchestrated in the heavenlies for this to happen uh, on her behalf, and I think it's a wonderful thing. I agree. Yeah. The celebration of 50 years of hip-hop continues with the star-studded lineup of uh, hip-hop uh, pioneers at Radio City Music Hall. So this week, DJ Cassidy unveiled the lineup for his popular, I love it, Pass the Mic Live. Now, uh, the DJ decided to bring it back to the birthplace of hip-hop. This is all happening uh, July 21st. The uh, one-night-only event will feature 25 hip-hop icons, including Big Daddy Kane, Dougie Fresh, Rakim, and Slick Rick, along with many others. And as someone who's a part of, you know, first, almost second-generation <laughs> hip-hop, being 50-plus myself, I I'm just so happy that this genre is still here. I'm a little bit perplexed with some of the newer generation in, in the hip because I don't understand what they're talking about. I can't understand it. It's just a little different from what I was, you know, born and yeah. raised on as far as rap music is concerned. But I can appreciate it from the standpoint that this genre is still happening when they wrote it off so quickly.
quickly in its, in, its, in its infancy. They did not think this thing would be around. They did not like it. They didn't appreciate it. And rap music and hip hop culture it's is here. still here. It's and here. It, and it dominates. It's here. It's here. It's here. Yeah. And you know what? You know, it is, um, this has been a great year for hip hop. Mm -hmm. Remember the Grammy Awards earlier this year and the performances at the Super Bowl? I mean, th this 50th. Uh, anniversary of hip hop. It feels like the 50th anniversary of hip hop tour. Man, there's so much happening. Let me tell you. But we're here for it. That's right. Still ahead on Fox Soul's Black Report. Monique is back with a new special and a couple of lawsuits. Mm. Oh man. We'll tell you all about it and who she's suing when we return. Don't you go anywhere. You're watching Fox Soul's Black Report. And her lawyer busy. <laughs> Back so amazingly, Cordelia. This is what Fridays are made That's of. Right. Let's it go. Is, Let's it go. is. It is time for our celebrity and entertainment headlines. That's right. And on Fridays, we like to have a little more fun with these stories. So here to join in on the conversation is the very funny Dan and Green. Welcome to Fox Souls hey, Black Report, brother. Hey, Big D. Man, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you, black people, for having a black man on your black Listen show. here. It is our pleasure. Thanks for the time. All right, D, we're going to ride right into it uh, with these stories. Here's the first one here. Sports journalist Stephen A. Smith. Mm -hmm. Remember that song, Big Mouth, A Big Mouth, back in the day, uh, has come under criticism for his recent comments about former President Trump. During a media uh, event, Smith claimed that Trump is not racist but is against everything uh, not named Trump. In a recent interview, Smith, Smith revealed that before Trump ran for uh, president, he used to enjoy talking to him about sports. He also added that he does not mess with Trump anymore and would not vote for him because he lacks statesmanship. Dannon, is that all he lacks? No, he lacks a little bit more than that. You know what I mean? Uh, but I have to say this. Hmm. I met Trump before. Hmm. I met him before. Do tell. And he's he's an well. It was I'll tell you about it. It was at a, a big celebrity event. Okay. And uh, when I went to shake his hand, the funny thing about because you know this is before he was president. Hello, mm -hmm. hey, how you doing, Mr. Trump? And he never looked at me. Mm. <laughs> he just shook my hand and looked like so. He was very dismissive, dismissive of me. Mm -hmm. I think you know, but you, you, you. This is all I can say about that because I hate to call a person something that I truly, truly don't know. Like, I can tell you, Klansman is totally, totally is. But Trump used to hang with a lot of rappers. Trump hung out with Oprah. He hung out with a lot of people. So maybe that's where Stephen A. Smith is coming from that angle. I was going to say, he was in rap videos. He was very much mm -hmm. a part, you know, of the of the hip-hop scene, especially in those 90s, early yes. 2000s. You would hear him, you know, pop up in lyrics and, you know, kind of emulated and celebrated by some of our faves. So... You know, he was, at least we welcomed him in the culture for some time before this I whole mean, presidency. I, mean, I remember that, Danny. Right, and I think, I mean, let me say this. Hmm. As a comedian, we throw in our jokes and we do our thing, you yeah. know, but if we gotta be fair, and sometimes as black people, we gotta be fair. Mm -hmm. um, before he ran for the presidency, I never heard no one say he was racist. So right. that's what, I think throws a lot of people off, and you oh. got to be honest about oh, that. Oh, there were there were tons of people that were calling him racist because remember, you know, the, a lot of the 
the real estate that he owned in New York, for example, you know, there were folks that worked for him that alleged there, there was racial discrimination. You know, there were folks that rented properties that alleged racial discrimination. And so, you know, Trump yeah. has quite quite a rap sheet. Yeah. Might I say? But, but I think he, the, he does. But go ahead. I'm sorry. You go ahead. Sweetie. The overall thought was that he was cool. Uh, he, he was down, you know, you saw him at parties with, with, with other, you know, folks of the culture, whether it be hip hop or, you know, entertainment. So, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, mm -hmm. but Donald Trump was back in the day, one deemed one of our cool dudes, if you will. Look, At least that's how I yes, remember. Looks and can be deceiving. You gotta remember, you have to remember, I'm, I'm 57. Yeah. I, know I look good, but I'm 57. Listen here. So I remember when from the 80s when mm -hmm. all of the rappers would talk about him. Diddy and them was hanging yep. with him. Mike Tyson and them was hanging with him. Sure so I do understand what you're saying about the property, but a lot of it, like you said, was allegedly. Mm -hmm. I'm th that doesn't make him a good or bad person. That's not my judgment, that's the Lord's. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying that, you know, we, we, we have to be fair. We don't have to accept it, but you gotta be fair and yeah. say, before he ran for the presidency, not too many people had a problem with him. That's all I'm saying. I would, I'm 52, and I would agree with that. So maybe it's a generational Listen, thing. How I, we've been exposed. I remember. I remember watching him in Home Alone too. Right. I mean, he was he, he was everywhere. <laughs> but I'm just saying, looks can be deceiving. All right, we're going to move along here. Nearly a year after Monique sued Netflix over discrimination relating to her comedy special, does the special finan uh, finally debut on the platform? That's right. The long-awaited comedy special for Monique. For Monique uh, hit the streaming platform on April 4th, and it's already receiving mixed reviews. This all comes as the actress and comedian sued two production companies, claiming that she was not paid royalties from her sitcom, The Parkers. Mm -hmm. The lawsuit alleges the defendants were not transparent about the financial success of the show. It also says Monique's production company, as well as the actors, creators, and writers were underpaid. Monique is seeking uh, monetary damages for an un known amount. Now, Dan, and there were a lot of uh, social media posts about whether they liked the special, whether they didn't. Have you seen it and your thoughts on it? I watched the special. Yeah. So let me say this. Hmm. I'm going to do a Stephen A. Smith. Monique is a very good friend of mine. Okay, I'm going to do like the, the, you know, the, the, the pre before I do the pre. Right. Uh, no, Monique is a very good friend of mine. I know her. She's always been nice to me. Mm -hmm. One of my first tours when I was on the road, I did her club back in the day in Baltimore. Right. In saying that, uh, I felt like the uh, special could have been stronger. I don't think it was her strongest work. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think for the battle that she had, you know, the battle against Netflix, the battle against getting her money, the battle for people... And a lot of us, black people saying, well, she ain't worth that. You know, you know, street code, you ain't put to speak for nobody money. But right. we did it a lot with her. Mm -hmm. So for what she had to fight for, I would have hoped that the that the uh, special would have just been a little tighter. I mm -hmm. think it was a little, you know, it was here, it was a little bit there. You got to know a little bit more about her. But in, in a comedy world, we like to go a little more in depth. And I think what hurt it, to be truthful, mm -hmm. was a lot of people had a, a problem with the cursing, mm -hmm. with the MFs and the N, and mm -hmm. the N word. And I yeah. say it, but when you say it all the, you hear it all the time, a lot of people have issues with it. But you gotta remember though, that's Monique. Yeah. So you, you're getting with, 
You get what you paid for. Yeah, I don't know she if, she, I don't, she, I don't she know if, nothing. yeah, I don't know if she's still maybe just a little vexed or just has a lot to still get up off her chest or to prove or whatever. So people were saying it was more like messagey e mm -hmm. than it was like more, yes. more pure comedy. Yeah. She still has a lot to say. Yeah. I mean, you know, from her perspective and her point of view, she was, she was done wrong in mm -hmm. a lot of different ways. And I still think that that's going to set the precedent for precedent for her comedy and what yeah. she talks about. It definitely, know? it definitely felt more autobiographical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, actress Halle Berry is responding to haters who had something to say about her most recent <laughs> Instagram post. I loved it. Come on, 50-plus uh, soulmates. 56-year-old super-duper star Halle Berry just posted uh, this particular pic that you see here on Instagram in, in her birthday suit. The Oscar winner photographed sipping wine uh, while nude on her balcony. The John Wick Chapter 3 star posting, quote, I do what I want to do. There was a critique, and she responded saying, did you guys know the heart of a shrimp is located in its head? Whatever <laughs> that is supposed to be. I'm not mad at Holly Berry. She has been, you know, our number one for a very long time, and she's still looking number one, and she is in love and got her money and her kids, and she's doing her thing. What do you say, D? Okay. <laughs> he had to think about Here it. Here you go. Here you go. Hey, Come you on, be quiet. You, you be quiet, man. I've I seen it in your face already, man. <laughs> um, let, let, let me be serious on this one, okay? Uh-huh. She can do what she wants. That's her body. That's her, her temple. Right. But with so much being done, I think, and, I, and as a black man, and I feel us being de-emasculated as men, and people always accusing men of being misogynist, I really have an issue because if we do make a comment about it, it's people saying, oh, well, she can do that. But if we come out and go, you know, hey, you look good, you got nice, you know what, blah, 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 then you're it's coming off as someone that's mm -hmm. not being respectful. Mm -hmm. And I think as a queen, and she is really a queen, she don't have, she doesn't have to do that. Mm -hmm. So you have to always ask yourself, a person that age, at that age, why is she doing it? What what kind of attention can Holly Berry not get by just going out in the street in some tight spandle pants? You tell me. Yeah. She gonna get, she could be in a nun's outfit and somebody could be like, <laughs> Holly Berry. Holly I'm like, who took the picture? So, who, who angled themselves to be down in the bushes? Somebody like mighty close. Well, Probably the boyfriend and, and, or something. Well, Yes, and that's and that lets you know it was planned because yeah. she had to know, you know what I mean? So sure. she's like, Look, I'm gonna be on the balcony about twelve thirty. I ain't gonna have nothing on. So ain't, ain't got nothing to do. Yeah. Just shoot up. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I don't know. But I, I, I would ask you as a woman and, and a and a and a black woman, even though you say you have no problem with it, mm -hmm. I think it shows some I think it gives off the wrong message to our younger people. When we're trying to we're trying to grab our our community back to be more respective to each other and how people perceive us, and I was just wondering, do yeah. you guys well, feel the same it, about it that, off, or maybe I'm making too much out of it? It came off to me more artsy. You know, I didn't mm -hmm. really, you know, I didn't even really realize she was naked until I kind of looked, look. Yeah. So, you know, if you follow uh, Holly Berry, you know, she's very, you know, artsy and and uh, you know, very 
real with with the things she posts and posts mm -hmm. about. So it didn't it didn't jump off my my feet like oh my god, yeah. you know. And uh, it just didn't really you know bother. As, right now in my life, I got bigger fish to fry. Mm -hmm. Now if I felt like I could be nude on my balcony, I'd do it. I just feel like that wouldn't be good for people's feet at this point <laughs> in my fluffy life. But you know, big ups to the confidence. And so I just kind of sided Let me, that I way. But I also question? hear what you're saying though. And I appreciate it was tastefully yeah. done. May I ask you guys a question? I'm, I'm sorry, may I ask you a question? Yeah. I just want to ask you one question. If that was a man, a Samuel Jackson, mm -hmm. you know, uh, a Dave Chappelle, or someone that was a star in, in, in Hollywood as a black man mm -hmm. and it would have done that, I wonder would it have been received the same. Listen, that's all, that's I'm, that, that I'm hoping if, that it would have. If it was Jonathan Majors, I think it would be well received. <laughs> Depending <laughs> on, yeah. All right, D, we're going to move on here. He, he is pretty cut up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is pretty cut Just up. saying. All right, to all of our Starbucks drinking soulmates, need you all to listen up to this. There's a new drink on the menu that some customers say will give you a little bit of the bubble gum. Yikes. Ooh. Coffee drinkers took to social media to claim their new New olive oil oh. infused drinks are not sitting well in their stomachs. The Olito mm. line of drinks were mm. released in March and include an ice shaken uh, express and a cafe latte. Mm -hmm. uh, they are infused with uh, Partana cold press extra virgin olive oil. Reviews of the drink appear to be mixed with other fans calling the Olito weird. What but good? What say you, Dan? <laughs> this is a mess. Hey, I say it's good. As Have you I, had hey, one? As much hard food as, hey, let me tell you something. Some of the food I eat, I need to get rid of it. So I need to go to Starbucks and go ahead and get my, <laughs> pay for my little, uh, you know, uh, latex, what do they call it? A laxative and, um, have a good taste and get a good flow. You know what I mean? I don't know. Olive oil and you, coffee. You just got, just but you got to know that you're paying it. for that. I mean, if, if you just mm. go in there having, having yeah, your cold yeah. press, you know, hold the bubble guts, right? You know what I mean? I mean, it, it's, it's, I was at Starbucks maybe about a week ago. Okay. And I thought it was strange that Starbucks was selling extra virgin olive oil. Mm. I'm like, what is this all about? And then I read about this and I was like, oh, glad I didn't order that. Well, people might want to think twice about that one. Let, let me tell you something. Huh? I'd rather go to Starbucks and get the flavor, because I'm going to tell you, if you ever had McDonald's coffee or 7-Eleven, now you want to get some bubble guts, drink that. Yeah, all of it is strong to me, but I think for me, Starbucks is all the strongest. You add a little olive oil in there, that's that's a problem. Well, that is a problem. Dan, and thank you for thank you for that public service announcement. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and thank you so much uh, for joining us. You, you definitely have to make your uh, way back around to the uh, Black Report. We're, we're going to baptize you an official uh, soulmate at this point. Before we let you go, uh, you're on the road. You, you're telling jokes somewhere. You, yes. You're uplifting us, encouraging us. Share with us real quick what's happening with you. Well, I got a lot going on. First of all, I really appreciate y'all having me. Uh, yeah, that's my reel right there. I've done uh, all type of television shows. I was on the TV show, Everybody Hates Chris. Um, I did Real Husbands of Hollywood with Kevin Hart. Um, so most people, I, I've never really been a road comic because I wanted to wait. So the, the country knows me from my comic view, but they mostly know me from some of my acting gigs. Mm -hmm. So recently, I just produced a documentary film called The Executioners. Mm. This is when I did Everybody Hates Chris. Uh, that's, that I had that on Tubi, but now we're looking for a home because we did another version of it. Yeah. But I'm also a writer. So I have a screenplay that I've written that we're working on getting um, finance for it now. So I'm a writer, I'm a screenwriter. 
uh, I just did the presentation pilot for Naeem. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't know who Naeem is, Naeem Lynn is one of the plastic cup boys for Kevin Hart's okay. uh, crew. Okay. And he just did his own pilot and television show he's producing. And I just shot a part in that. So I'm very busy. Yeah, you the are. The country just hasn't seen me. The, the country just hasn't seen me tour worldwide because mm-hmm. I, I tour, but just spots. Like I just came back from uh, Japan and Korea performing for the troops and big ups to all the troops that Very support nice. us because I really, really respect the troops. Very nice. Well, well again, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. We definitely got to have you back, uh, my Divine Nine brother. I w- I'd love to come back. Absolutely. And But but make sure um, you don't uh, have that Ohio State uh, pillow in, in the background there. You need to move that <laughs> oh, from no, the frame. No, that's, that's, in, that's in frame. Uh, you're talking to a Michigan State uh, Spartan, and so there's a problem there. Oh, no, I'm good with y'all. So, okay. All right. And, and, and USC street oh, I don't like. Oh, oh, you don't like Michigan. Okay, so we, we're together. We're together. <laughs> yeah. if, if you were single, we could get married. But I know that's right. Daddy, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate you. Uh, travel safe and blessings on top of blessings yes. with all of your projects now and upcoming. My and divine nine the brother. All right, honey. Take Love you, darling. Coming up on Fox <laughs> Whack Report, it's our favorite segment of the show. You know Black what it is. Excellence. You know what it is. And today we're talking Michael B. Jordan and his new accomplishment, along with some others on that new list uh, that's happening uh, this week. When we return, we'll talk all about it. You're watching Fox Soul's Black Report. Well, welcome back to Fox Soul's Black Report. Well, a Chicago high school senior has been accepted to six, count them, six mm. Ivy League schools along with Morehouse College. Peyton Pitts says he's ready for the future and to start his collegiate experience. Peyton was accepted into Princeton, Harvard, Yale, Penn, Columbia, and Cornell. His mother, Adrienne, says her son has been driven to succeed as a straight-A student, an exceptional, exceptional a basketball player, and he's a violinist. Peyton also brought back the Black Student Union to Francis Parker School, which is a predominantly white school. That's right. He hasn't made a final decision yet, but plans to visit some of the campuses after spring break and will then make his decision. He wants to major in finance or business. And right here, and we he, love to hear. I know he looks like he can get a basketball scholarship. He looks like he can got some handle on him and some hops. But uh, congratulations to him. That is amazing. That's terrific. That's yeah. terrific. That he could. That he he's also committed to community, mm-hmm. right? Because you know he started the Black Student Union and at a school. Activism, yeah. Right? You know, yeah. I mean, he seems like an all-around Renaissance man in the making. He does. He's a big deal. And speaking of a big deal. Uh, it's a big deal when any director's debut movie sells $100 million wow. worth of tickets in its first week. That's right. It's it's an even bigger deal when that director is also the star of Creed 3 and Michael B. Jordan, <laughs> who's made Time's 100 Most Influential People of 2023 list after being nominated by Black Panther director and fellow Bay Area native Ryan Coogler. Mm. Every year... Time chooses the most impactful figures to highlight in the artists, icons, pioneers, leaders, titans, and innovators categories. Other notables who made the list this year include Angela Bassett, Doja Cat, Gina Prince, 
and Dina Prince uh, by the wood, by the mm -hmm. way, and Doja Cat. Yeah. Did I mention Doja we, Cat? We mentioned Doja Cat. <laughs> All right. Also making this year's list are athletes Brittany Griner and uh, Patrick uh, Mahomes, super duper uh, QB in the uh, NFL. It's a, there's a list of 100 and it's broken down in like innovators, mm -hmm. icons, you know, like a, who has, who's got next That's right. uh, type of a category. And uh, there were a lot of uh, wonderful folks of color who, who made different lists as a part of the list. Yeah. Top 100. And shout out to friend and fellow journalist Amara Jones from mm -hmm. Tranlash Media. Mm -hmm. She also made okay. the Time 100 list. Yeah, so, is there anybody who you thought was left out? You thought? Uh, I mean, if they didn't make this list, they made another list. And mm -hmm. so I never think of people sort of, you know, being left out. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I thought it was a pretty good list. Yeah, I think Time does a, a good job with making sure they surf you know, far and wide to find a nice, yeah. diverse uh, group for their listing, their yearly listing. It seemed fairly intergenerational, mm -hmm. but it, it, it leaned towards, you know, sort of the younger faces, and so, mm -hmm. you know, happy to see it. Yeah. Listen here, for a full rundown on stories like this and more, make sure you access Fox Soul's video on demand and, and our partners, and you can also download that Fox uh, Soul app for absolutely free. It's been a pleasure. Have a great weekend. I'm Courtney Hicks. And I'm Nicordelai Corte. Until next time, stay lifted. And stay safe.